Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, a shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. This is reputed to be the best episode ever at Live on Purpose Radio. At least that's what my phenomenal guest is bringing today. I have with me Brett Williams. Say hello, Brett. Hey, I am excited to be here. I can tell. Yes. This is great. We met recently at a conference. We found out very quickly that we think alike in some ways. Scary. And just different enough that there's still a reason to have a relationship. So, because if two people are exactly the same, then one of them is unnecessary, right? I tell my identical twin brother that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, folks, Brett... I had to lean down to get your book. Brett is the author of this amazing book. It's You Can Be Right or You Can Be Married. The subtitle is Love-Based Solutions for Couples. And you get some attention from that title, don't you? Well, what I find is that couples that aren't married more than 10 years, oh, I don't get What? What's it mean? Couples married more than 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, get I get it. I get it. Yeah, the quick version... There's there's a common denominator behind almost every conflict that comes up in a marital relationship. Would you agree with that statement? Oh, absolutely. I, 25 years of doing couples counseling, hundreds, thousands of couples coming to my office. There's only one fight. There's only one fight on the entire planet. Just one fight. Just one fight. They're all it's always the same. And it's the right fight. So the, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, they fight about different things. They fight about laundry. They fight about in-laws. They fight about money. They fight about parenting. But it's always about who's, who's right. right. Who's right about the finances. Who's right about the laundry. Who's right about the kids. Who's yeah. right about whatever. Or the other part of that, the other half of that is, I'm defending because I feel like you're telling me I'm wrong. And because, so it gets us in the same right fight because I feel like I'm defending myself. Wait a minute. Well, Brett, almost as much as I want to be right, I don't want to be wrong. Yes, exactly. So we get defensive and we fight, and that's, that's why that's the only fight on the planet. You gave a couple of examples in your book that really helped to illustrate this. Can you just pull out a couple of examples to show people what that means? So let's say, for example, that um, I... I leave, I leave a particular door open. Oh, yeah, that, that's okay. classic. Walk us so, through it. So, what um, is the right fight? One of the fun things that my wife and I used to always do, she used to always leave the cupboard doors open. She'd pull out a glass or something, she'd leave the cupboard doors open, and I'd walk by and I'd go, oh, man, really? The cupboard door's open again? And I'd slow, you know, slowly slam the, the cupboard door to get my point across. Whack! Wham! Um, but... 
but it really wasn't about the cupboards or leaving it open or leaving it closed. It was about, I felt like the way I was doing it was the right way. And mm-hmm. she felt like I was telling her she was wrong. Okay, I guess I was. No. <laughs> and Well, and, you kind of were. Yeah. And, and once we got locked into that level playing field, then we couldn't unlock. And that's where we just kept looping and looping and looping. What I want to do is I want to get people beyond that mm-hmm. and help them to talk about what's wrong not who's wrong. Yes. Because that's where we loop over and over again, focusing on what's wrong. Uh, we need to focus on what's wrong and not who's wrong. Now, that, even that is not the most important thing, but it's an important starting place. Yeah. And, and I think you, you mentioned three specific steps or processes in your book, the first of which is to identify what's wrong, mm-hmm. not who's wrong, and that's so that you can identify, okay, which area of this relationship do we get to work on? Where, where is our creative genius going to be best employed to move forward towards some kind of a solution? And then you shift very quickly from that to focusing on what's right yeah. and getting back to what's right. Right. And that's really what I want to go with this program today because I really, yeah. there's a lot of great books on communication and I think... That's appropriate enough, mm-hmm. but it's not the problem. It is not the problem. Communication Although that's is that's the number one thing. Exactly. Would you agree in your practice? Everybody wants to talk about their communication. But we it's, just it's, don't communicate. Yeah, we just don't communicate. But mm-hmm. that's really not the issue. Um, when you guys were first in love and you guys were dating, communication was not the issue. It was never the issue. If it was the issue, you wouldn't have got married. It only yeah. became the issue when something else happened. And that something else was somewhere along the way, you guys fell out of love. The, the, the relationship started to lose its magic. The relationship started to fade and wither. wither. When it happened, when that happened, then we started having trouble communicating. Couples in yeah. love, couples that love each other, they don't need coaching and communication. They know how to communicate. We don't have to baby step them through it. It's love that's the key. Once you have love, mm. then you have a relationship. As, as we learned when we were kids, first comes love, then, then comes, comes marriage. marriage. <laughs> then comes the baby. So baby the baby carriage. Yeah. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. So, so that's, exactly. So that's, that's really my philosophy is I, I want to teach couples on how to love each other. Because I really feel like more than communication, what we really need to understand is love. I agree 100%. You know what? I have found that 100%, I know that's a bold statement, 100% of the couples that come through my practice communicate. Yeah. Yeah, they, they just, all do. They all do. They just communicate the wrong thing. What are, yeah, agree. and are they communicating with love? Oh, no. Or with disrespect and criticism? I mean... Anger, frustration, yeah. So I'm, I'm 100% on board with you with that. So talk to us about this love choice or the love-based solutions that we can find once we get... We identify what's wrong, not who's wrong. Right. And then get focused on what's right. And that's always about love. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing is that we all know love is the key to marriage. There's nobody who would go out there and argue with that. Um, Love is the key to marriage. Trouble is, we don't know what love is. And that's a huge problem. Well, it's an overused word, maybe. Yeah, yeah. We we could um, substitute the word Xanadu. And it would work the same way. I get images of Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but everybody gets different images on that. And, and yeah. that's the way kind of love works too. 
you know, I can say I love you or I can say I love chocolate cake or I can say I, I love a hot jacuzzi and a snowy day. Um, we all love these things, but what does that mean? What does that right. really mean? And, and I can ask a hundred people, I'll get a hundred answers. I can ask a mm-hmm. thousand people, I get a thousand answers. And so there's the problem right there. We don't know, we know what love is important, but we have no idea what it is. What does love mean? And so right. that's where I'd like to focus. Yeah. So, okay. I can see a lot of different directions we can go with this. The, the love choice, that's one way that I like to look at it. I have kind of come to the conclusion that there is no neutral option. I think that our choices, our interactions, our words, uh, our communications are going to fall on one side or the other. And I've just simplified it into the love choice or the hate choice. That's a strong word. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not as ambiguous as the love word, but it sets up kind of a nice contrast. I think that every interaction we have is going to fall on one side or the other, either a little or a lot. Um, I don't know. What does that trigger for you? Well, I definitely think that's true. And I I think... I think marriage is kind of like a houseplant. Um, if you get a brand new houseplant, bring it home and never water it, mm-hmm. it's going to die. I, I don't care um, how beautiful it is. I don't care how wonderful it is. I always get new couples coming in my uh, like to do premarital counseling. I get these young couples coming in, sitting on my couch, and they tell me about how much they love each other and how yeah. cute they are. And I don't care. I don't care. It's irrelevant how much they love each other. Do they know how to sustain that love, how to maintain that love? Because they're in love now, but can they maintain it? So let's let's talk a little bit about what love is. Can we do that? Yes, I well, think at least we get probably started before the, should define the, the it. Break? Yeah, let's yeah. go. All right. So at my house, I have four cats. We live on a golf course, and so the cats are outside. And they patrol and they eat all the the rodents outside. And uh, nice. Yeah, it keeps keeps the rodent population down. Yeah, but. Uh, because my wife's allergic to cats, we leave them outside. But in the evening time, I'll go out there and I will sit down, put a cat on my lap and start petting it. You know what my dog does almost every single time I pick up one of those cats and start petting him? Uh, Take a cat. A little jealousy, maybe. Yeah. He'll run, go grab his ball. He'll sit there next to me and bark. All of a sudden, my dog wants attention. He wants it. He wants it bad. Um, my kids were this way when they were little. They would be in the other room watching whatever they're watching on TV or playing some game or whatever they're doing. Yeah. And the phone ring. You pick up the phone, you start talking on the phone, and all of a sudden, bam, the kids are all over you. And that doesn't even happen yeah. to me, only to me. It happens to everybody I talk to. Right. What's going on? What's going on with my dog? Mm. What's going on with my kids? What's happening? There's an innate need or a craving for what we're calling love, right? That's what love is. Love is the free gift of attention. And when I start giving my attention to a cat, to somebody on the phone, um, what my kids experience, what my dog experience is this feeling of unlove because they're not getting the attention. Mm. And so what inevitably happens in a marriage is um, because love is attention, and attention is always drawn to novelty. Attention, attention loves novelty. Because the relationship is new, it is super easy to give each other lots and lots of attention when you're first dating. 
You're calling each other at yeah. three in the morning. You're texting each other. It's so exciting. Well, it's like the only thing on your mind. Exactly. But once you get married, it's like a switch. And now I'm giving attention to work. I'm giving attention to home life. I'm giving attention maybe to kids as they start coming along. I start giving attention to everything else but my relationship. And then my mm. relationship starts to die. Because love and attention are the same thing. They're, they're synonymous. You cannot separate them. Yeah. As, and, and, and I think maybe with one qualification there. Because there are different types of attention. And I'm, I'm pretty sure... I, I like, I like Brett, what you're playing. You see Go. where I'm going? Go. Because I think... I mentioned criticism earlier, for mm-hmm. example. The kind of communication that happens with criticism. That might be construed as attention. I'm paying attention to your bad behavior and to how wrong you are and how right I am. I'm paying attention to that. That's not what you're talking about. Well, I, I actually, in my book, qualify it. Um, love is the free gift. Free gift, gift of attention. Of so attention. if I go to a car dealership and I walk on the lot and this salesman comes running out and he, he wants to give me a drink, he wants to compliment uh, how beautiful my wife is, you know, he's showering mm-hmm. all this attention on me, I'm not going to walk off that car lot thinking, oh, that guy really likes me. This is awesome. He loves me. He loves me. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen because I know his attention isn't a gift. It's not free. He wants to sell a car. His attention is on selling a car. His attention is on him. And because it's on him, he wants what he wants. So there's something about the gift aspect of it that, that clarifies what kind of attention we're ha- talking about It has here. to be free. No strings. No strings attached. No strings. So if I'm trying to point out how you're wrong about something... That's got all kinds of strings attached to it because it's tied to my agenda to win. Yeah, it's all about you. Your attention's on you. All right, we'll dig into that a little farther as we get back from this break. Purpose Radio listeners, the fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development. Your personal development library should include copies of both of my books, Pathological Positivity and the pocket-sized companion, Portable Positivity. There's a .com for both titles so you can share these books with others. I also have a special offer just for listeners of the show. Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R. Hi, my name is Chris Crone, and thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. I became financially independent, starting from nothing, by the age of 26. My purpose is to financially liberate the captive. Are you searching for a realistic, proven system in real estate to create enough residual income to retire or fund your dreams? 
I invite you to learn about a passive turnkey proven system and approach to real estate where my team of 200 experts can do all the heavy lifting to create the freedom you're searching for. Visit www.liveonpurpose.strongbrook.com to get a free copy of my book, The Straight Path to Real Estate Wealth. Just enter the code FREE at www.liveonpurpose.strongbrook.com. Bill Gates said, As we look ahead into the next century, leaders will be those who empower others. So, Brett, you queued this up nicely for us in the last segment. It's all about love. Yes, it is. All love, about love. Lo- love is the issue. Love is the issue. Now, you're coming from a very practical standpoint because you work with couples. Mm-hmm. You've got an active practice where people come to see you. You walk them through different ways to first understand this and then apply it. Absolutely. So give us at least the short version of that. What else do we need to understand? And then maybe lead us into some exercises or or Yeah, I definitely want to give us an an exercise today because I I feel like um, information is good, but if we can't use it or apply it, it's really not going to work. So we got to know how to apply it. Um, There's a great book out there called Love 2.0 by Barbara Fredrickson. She just wrote it a couple of years ago, and it talks about really from a scientific model, what love is. And, and what's interesting about her book is that she, she has some research and, and she believes that from her research, love is a, is a biological, physical response that we have when you're with another person. She talks a lot about the vagus nerve in our brain being stimulated. That stimulation of the vagus nerve then uh, produces this feeling of closeness and bondage. And um, not the bad kind of bondage, the good kind of bondage. We're bonded. <laughs> or bonding. We're or... bonding, yes. There you go. That's the word. I know uh, what you meant. But what's interesting about her book and research is that um, actually her research, everything she talks about, everything she looks at, really supports the idea that loves attention. For example, she... Uh, like psych- you were saying, that free yeah, gift. That free gift. So one example, she uh, talks about an fMRI study where scientists are actually looking at the brain waves of... Uh, people as in real time as they're laying there in the fMRI and what she'll do is she'll have or she didn't do it but another researcher and I think Sweden did it mm-hmm. um, where a young gal talked about her story of her two prom dates and it just was a cute little story about how it, things got mixed up and she ended up having two dates show up for prom and it's just oh my gosh a little fiasco thing it's really kind of cute story and she records the story, and then they play the story for the people that are in the fMRI. And what they find is that as the uh, person is sitting and listening to this story, their brainwaves start to match exactly the brainwave patterns that we saw in the girl as she's sharing her story. We see a synchronicity. We see a, 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 a unison happening. Even though she's not there, they're just hearing it on a recording, 
And, and, and wow. the more attentive they are to the story, the more this connection is made, uh, the more inattentive somebody is, oh yeah, I didn't really listen to the details, I just kind of zoned out, blah, 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 the more disconnected they were. And so she looks at that, yeah, she looks at that and says, look, oh my gosh, here's the synchronicity that happens when people are in love. And yeah. I think that's really, really true. But what she says is you have to have pr- physical proximity in order to create that. But yet that study I decided hmm. has no physical proximity. They never met the little girl. They, met, they never met the young kid. Um, right. There was no interaction whatsoever. Um, but we saw that synchronicity. And so that's really my belief is that love transcends time. Love transcends barriers. Love transcends life and death. I can, I can love my grandmother right now, even though she's passed for 30 years, right. by just turning my attention to her, just giving her my attention. That I gift can, of attention. Yeah, I can connect with her right now. So I don't think that love is limited to this physical proximity. I think mm-hmm. love transcends time and space. Um, we all know that God loves us. How mm-hmm. do we know that? Does he give us everything we want? <laughs> oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? All my friends, they drive Porsches. I must make commands. No, we don't get everything we want from life. Um, and does God always make us happy? Is, is that how He shows us love? Every morning we wake up happy, 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 happy. No. Doesn't make you happy. No, He doesn't make us happy. So, how does God show us His love? His attention is always on you. Always. Mm. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He, mm. he knows you inside and out. His attention is always there. And the minute you or I turn my attention to Heavenly Father, we can feel it. We can feel His attention has already been on us the whole time. Yeah, That's how God loves us. His attention is always on us. We go through hard times. We go through trials. We go through difficulties. But His attention is forever on us. And that's how we receive his love. And that, that's how we love him in return. I think this is a really useful definition. Yes. This gift, the free gift, gift of attention. I hadn't thought about it that way um, and until you brought this up. And, and you talk about elements of this in your book as well. It's interesting to me when you mention the functional MRI scans that they do. Um, we're able to actually measure right. this experience, right. which means that it has a basis in reality in terms of physical, physiological energy that can actually be measured. So we're not talking about some mystical woo-woo Soft kind science, of a thing. No, no. This is stuff that, that manifests also in the physical and the physiological part of our experience that we can actually measure. Yep. So uh, for whatever that's worth, I mean, I, I, I want to acknowledge that because it's easy to start to write things like love, mm-hmm. just write them off as some kind of a spiritual or mystical kind of a thing. That's not what we're talking about. Even though there are elements that are on the spiritual realm as well. Sure. So Barbara Fredrickson, in her book, Love 2.0, she really does the science part of it. She's a scientist. That's what she does. So she looks at the hard science of it and brings that into into her research. Um, She does uh, an exercise called a loving kindness meditation. And it's an ancient, ancient meditation, probably three, 4,000 years old. And she does research on this meditation. 
And, and I'd like to share this meditation with your guests so they can walk away with something practical that they can awesome. use today to, to help build and connect love. That's exactly what's going to make this the very best exactly. episode ever of Live On First Radio. Share that. This is something you do with your clients, too. Oh, yeah. This is something I do with myself constantly. So, so, so loving yeah. kindness meditation, the idea is really about um, clearing yourself, focusing your t- attention onto whoever you need to, to create that link, to create that bondage that we talked about. Mm. <laughs> the bonding. Yeah. Um, so uh, the way the super bond, the super bond. Yes. The way I like to do this meditation, I've adapted it a little bit to, uh, Maslow's needs of hierarchy, hierarchy yeah. needs his pyramid. So I usually start and, uh, I'll clear my mind. We'll do that in a minute. I'll clear my mind, focus on somebody I love and then think the phrase, may you be safe. Cause that's our most basic human needs to be safe. And I'll just imagine and, and send them safety. The next phrase, may you be um, healthy. And I'll imagine them, their body healthy, their body strong. Then I'll imagine, may you have your needs met. And then another phrase is, may you love and be loved. And then the last phrase I use is, may you be happy. Now, this nice. exercise is used in two ways because I, I really, really believe in that scripture um, that you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that's a whole, mm. that's a whole show right there. That's a whole other conversation. It's a whole yeah. other yeah, show. But this loving kindness meditation is a great meditation because I can also apply those five phrases to myself. Focus mm-hmm. on me and say, may I be safe. May I be healthy. And give yourself that free yeah, and, gift and send, of attention. Yes, extend attention my way so I can feel loved as well. And that's a hard thing for people. People don't know how to love themselves in a way that's healthy. And this, and yeah. this meditation is a healthy way to bring love and attention to yourself. So should we try it? Nice, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so I want you guys, wherever you are, if you're driving, probably not, don't try this one. Maybe pull over <laughs> yeah. or push pause and do this later. Yeah, do this later. Okay. But for all, everybody else, I want you guys to get into a comfortable place, someplace uh, that you can just let your attention be free. No distractions, nothing pulling your attention away. And when you get in this place... I want you to focus and bring your attention to your breath and just allow yourself to breathe in and allow yourself to breathe out and just feel that rhythm that starts. And as you breathe in and out, just let yourself go. Let any tension, any stress go as you exhale the breath. And once you feel the rhythm of that, I want you to let yourself focus on somebody that you care about. It doesn't matter Um, live or dead, here or there, it's irrelevant. Just focus on somebody you care about. It doesn't even matter if they're human, animal, vegetable. It really doesn't matter. Imagine anybody, anything that you love and just focus your attention there. And as you focus your attention on this person, I want you to lie yourself as you breathe in. Just think to yourself, may you be safe. And then allow yourself to say it again as you breathe out. May you be safe. Breathe it in. May you be safe. And breathe it out. May you be safe. And then as you imagine this person, I want you to remember the phrase, may you be healthy. See them healthy, whole, strong. Breathing it in. 
breathing it out. Now think about the phrase, may you have your needs met. Imagine them seeing all their needs met. Food, shelter, warmth. May you have your needs met. May you love and be loved. May you love and be loved. May you be happy. Breathe that last phrase in. May you be happy. Just imagine sending them a happiness through the free gift of your attention. Very good. Now again, one of the reasons I love this exercise is that I can use it in so many ways. Um, I have an annoying neighbor across the street. He's not my favorite person. I'm not his favorite person. I, I do this meditation on him all the time and it helps my heart stay soft, helps my heart stay open and vulnerable. Mm. I, don't, I don't hold bitterness. I don't hold anger for him. Uh, I just send him love. I can send this to myself. I can send it to anybody and everywhere. It's a great exercise to use to just send love and attention. Wow. Simple. Powerful. Yeah. I'm, I'm over here wondering, I wonder, I wonder if all of the recipients of this free gift of attention felt something just then. Yeah. Yeah. You we know? do this in workshops, and I will check with everybody in the workshop How'd that feel? What was that like? And yeah, we always get positive responses. And the yeah. people that don't respond were the people that weren't attentive. They mm-hmm. were thinking about something else. They were focused on their phone. Again, they, it's that attention. It's that attention. It's wow. the key element. Very cool. Thank you for that gift, Brett. I, I think that was a nice way to round out this session today. This session i just called it a session yeah it's an episode it's a session you guys are in with the uh therapists today that's right (laughs) brett r williams i think there's a dot com for that there's a dot com for that brett with two t's r williams the way that anybody would spell it yeah right dot com what can they find there at your website uh and my website you'll see my book you can be right or you can be married you'll see um i've re-released a new uh, second edition of Exalier and the Dragon. It's a relaxation story for children. And um, I'm creating a new uh, relaxation exercise for children, um, kidfears.com. And that's going to be out in a little while. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us at Live on Purpose Radio today. Thank you. It's time, everybody, to go live on purpose. <laughs> <laughs>